everyone. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Matt, how you doing? It's been a busy week, uh, a little bit of crazy, a uh, lot of paperwork, uh, but, you know, some, some Niners news with OTAs opening, so let's jump right into it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it feels like we've been, it's been forever since we've been on with you guys, um, but yeah, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, camp's opening up. People are getting excited. We saw the first shots of Trey Lance next to Jimmy throwing the ball. Uh, what were your initial impressions of it, Matt? Is there anything that stuck out in particular? Uh, Jimmy looks a little bit thicker this year, but still next to Trey Lance looks kind of small. Um, Trey Lance, he's just a big dude out there. Um, and I know people were like trying to break down the, the deliveries or whatever and screenshotting the deliveries and like, Oh, look at how, you know, Lance is a little bit quicker and that's this and this and that. And, you know, that to me is a little overwrought. I think that's like trying to judge, you know, a major league pitcher based off a bullpen session. Um, in spring training where it's just like i mean it's the first real ota so it doesn't really matter in that you know in that regard so it's nice to see them out there um it looks like jimmy garoppolo has a healthy ankle which is you know really something that we needed to look into after last season you know and it begs the question did they just hold him out at the end of the year or you know did he have some rehab to do but he looks like he was you know noticeably thicker that one picture made him look kind of fat but out there in uniform, he actually looked like he just kind of bulked up a little bit. And so we'll see if that can help him stay healthy going forward, Um, what the changes were in his regimen. Honestly, for me, it's just nice to see the boys back out there and getting it done. Yeah. I mean, pictures, it's all about the angles, man. And that angle was not good for Jimmy. It was bad. It was, it was bad. bad. He looked like he looked, he looked like, you know, people were putting out uh, Photoshop edits of that one picture of him, like with just chins for days. And it was just like, Y'all are ruthless, but, you know, he did look chunky in that one picture. So, yeah, th- just a still shot never quite is accurate. Um, I should know. I take horrible pictures. Yeah, I mean, guys in general, I feel like, but that's a whole other story. Um, it's just, like you said, it's so great to see the Niners back out there. That means football's right around the corner. That means, you know, more more shows for, for the channel. We got a lot coming for you guys, so make sure you guys subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Uh, tomorrow's my birthday. All I want is you guys to subscribe for my present. Guess Happy birthday. Thank you, my good friend. Um, and yeah, we're trying to get there. So help us get there. Hit the subscribe button. Once we get to 2000, we're going to give away another 49ers jersey. So could be you. Um, Absolutely. I, I did think, though, that the big story, and I, I can put that in quotes, air quotes, big story. Um, Jeff Wilson, obviously, mm. Torres meniscus. You're a resident medical expert. From what Cam Inman said, he tore it standing up after talking to teammates. Is that something that is normal for a meniscus tear? For old people. <laughs> um, if I'm being honest, I don't buy the official story just based off of, you know, what. Okay, I'm going to put, hold on, guys. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. Um, for me, it's one of those things where you look at the Juwan James situation in Denver, um, a high money player. And so the team there is like, uh, he hasn't played. He's been super injured. He got injured away from the team facility. Let's just file a grievance or like cut him um, and say he got injured away from the facility so we don't have to pay that big salary. For a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr., that's not really a concern. It's not like he's making a ton of money. Um, So, you know, when, when 
when you look at what is being reported about the injury Thursday, he gets up after practice, gets up, tears his meniscus. Right. And then immediately Friday, he's having surgery that there's something off about that to me, because if it's, you know, they were talking, it was a serious meniscus tear and they saw enough to go and do the actual, you know, repair rather than the, you know, shaving it down. Um, And to me, you in the medical profession, what you don't want is you don't want to exacerbate things. So when you have an initial injury, there's trauma to that area. Blood's going to rush that area. You're going to have inflammation. You're going to have some immune response because there's trauma to that area. The last thing that a surgeon's going to do in a non-life-threatening situation um, is operate right away. You want that swelling to go down. It's why, you know, when Nick Bosa had his ACL tear, it, t- it took a couple weeks before they went in there and did the surgery. And there's a reason for yeah. that. You know, it's not like you were in a car crash and you snapped your femur and, you know, getting that surgically repaired is the difference between, you know, saving or losing a leg. That's not what this was. So to me, I think he had torn it prior. And this is just the most convenient thing that they can think of with the start of OTAs, because there's almost no way that if he had a significant tear, that there wasn't going to be any inflammation in that knee at all. And if there was inflammation, the last thing you want to do is cut on that knee and create more inflammation because that's just going to put pressure on the soft tissues. It's, you know, going to cause, you know, localized swelling that can impede healing and, and a lot of this stuff. So to me, I just don't, I don't really buy the official story. I think what happened was he got injured um, and they knew that he was injured and they kind of just walked him through stuff and, you know, maybe he was out there and tried to give it a go, but at the end of the day, I think this is an old injury, an older injury, maybe off season that they operated on because, you know, again, with that kind of swelling that you would think on an initial uh, injury, it's really, really, I don't know. It's really weird to me. That's tough. Um, I know, I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I had pretty high hopes for Jeff Wilson going into this year, even I though didn't. they, you, uh, yeah, you're not as high on him as I am. No, he's, um, listen, listen, listen. Top of the depth chart is Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon. That's running back one and two. So now you're in a fight for running back three with Wayne Gallman. Like, cool. Jeff Wilson scored some touchdowns, but like, let's not pretend like he's a, a, a vital cog to this offense because he's really not. And it's unfortunate you don't want to see guys get hurt, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's he's a huge part, but I did think that he had some potential. I mean, if he was going to do running back by committee, he's at least proven that he could be effective. Um, but with that said, the Niners added the running or bolstered the running back group significantly this offseason. So yep. maybe that leads a little bit into how they feel about how they feel about uh, Wilson, Mostert, um, because, you know, like you said, they added Sermon. They added, added Mitchell, Goldman. Like, there's a bunch of new backs to this group. So it's interesting. But I do think the 49ers overall are still in a really good place because yeah, Trey Sermon's a great back. And Raheem Mostert's a great back. And if he stays healthy, that's a fantastic one-two punch. Yeah. I mean, the high again, the highest Jeff Wilson Jr. was going to be was running back three. So, um, Melissa in the chat, I did watch Zach yesterday on Nothing But Niners a little bit. I had to work overnight. Um at the hospital, but um, I was able to tune in a little bit when, you know, I had a break or whatever. Um, Gallman, I think makes the roster, but hasty, I think is gone because they spent draft capital on Elijah Mitchell. And, you know, unfortunately what I think they try to do is stash hasty on the P squad and then somebody snipes him and yeah. takes him away. 
So, yeah. uh, dress to impress always straight from the office. That uh, that actually, I did watch that part when Mike asked you what's up with the suit thing. That, was, that funny, was funny. Yeah, I always it, feel underdressed, but that's because I look I look like I look terrible in a suit. To be honest, <laughs> it did start off. I I did race straight home from work, and we'd hop on right away. Matt would be waiting for my hour hour and a half commute. And then I would just go on, and then it kind of just turned into a thing. So even on the weekends, yeah, I'll throw on a suit. I got plenty. Yeah. There's plenty to go around. Um, and the, also some of the reports coming out of camp seem pretty positive about Jalen Hurd and possibly even D Ford. I don't think they were practicing, but they were kind of doing their own workouts away from their team, away from the team. What did you see? Did you see any of those reports? What did you make of them? Yeah, um, so I know that Shanahan said he expects to have Jalen Hurd back full go at training camp. That's about what I expected. It's not like his, you know, he's had two years of unfortunate injuries. The first year was the back. Um, last year was the ACL that he suffered in training camp. And, um, you know, he's also talking about Nick Bosa. Looks like he's going to be ready to go for training camp. I expect them to be out there. D Ford is the one that's a little more hit or miss for me because he's had that history from over multiple seasons. So, uh you know, we'll we'll see what happens with him. I think anything you get out of D Ford at this point is a bonus. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Hurd, con- considering their lack of movement in the wide receiver front in terms of bolstering that position, I think it's very critical that he comes back healthy and that you know he's out there making an impact. Yeah, I mean, I agree because at this point, it's kind of like. Just give us something. Just get some snaps out there, and I think you and I would both be happy. Jalen Hurts specifically, just because outside of that one preseason game, it's almost like it was fool's gold. You know, it's like if we saw it, the fans saw it, we all got super excited, and then just the worst luck ever with injury. Right. Um, Steve is in the chat. No, Steve, I do not wear pants. Oh, that was for Zach. My bad. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I said the world may never know. We'll see. Uh, not you won't know at least anytime soon with a camera angle. Um, obviously, since we last recorded, Matt Julio, that whole story turned into kind of a you know, it seems like they're gonna get, get traded. He uh, Shannon Sharp called him on whatever show he does with Skip, and Julio basically said, I'm out of here, you know, and yeah, and we weren't sure if he knew he was live. Benjamin Albright basically said it was scripted, he definitely knew it was live. Where do you yeah. think he ends up getting moved at first? At first, I thought it he didn't know and then i was like you know what shannon sharp is a lot of things but i don't think he would do a friend like that you know i'm sure that they knew you know shannon can be a little hyperbolic obviously that comes with the territory i'm being on that show with skip um they get a little crazy but yeah i i you know Julio is likely on the move um, again. And it was always going to be a situation of where they're waiting. Um, you know, we'll really see what happens uh, post June 1st because that's what they're waiting for so that they can split his cap hit up into two years. And that's going to be what allows them to move off of him. If that's the case, um, this stuff about getting a first round pick for him though. Nope. That's not happening. Did, I don't know if you saw that report that came out today that one team is dis- like there's that's one scenario is that first round pick is being discussed. It's like, sure, sure, that's being discussed. Nobody else believes that. But you could put that out there into the ether and hope maybe some other team's going to up their offer. Well, I don't buy it. Here's the thing, though. I mean, the only way a first round pick would be involved is if you have a team that's, you know, uh, let's just say Kansas City, right? 
you assume Kansas City is going to be there at the end of the season, right? That they're going to be near the Super Bowl. So if you're talking about a high 20s, low 30s first round draft pick, then essentially it's becoming a high two. Um, and, and at that point, then maybe, yeah, okay, that that's what you – but he's not going to go to a team that's going to be picking in the top 10 or top 15. Um, so, yeah, I do think it was funny that he threw shade at Dallas, though, after wearing that Dallas sweatshirt. <laughs> he's like, nah, man, I'm not going there. Yeah, respect for that. Uh, Kali says, you notice Jimmy and Ross Dwelly bulked up and McGlinchey has his gut back. They fed Slim Mike, finally, finally fed him. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Um, that's, you know, I want to see a stark lack of him getting knocked on his ass this year. That's, that's, I don't want to see him getting blown back like he did last year. And I think that extra weight, like, listen, when you slim down, you know, when Mike slimmed down, I was talking to him directly for a second, but when Mike slimmed down, it's not like his footwork got better. It's not like he got quicker. He was the same, he, the same. So you might as well have that extra weight. That way, you know, you're not you're not at a weight disadvantage to every defensive lineman that play. Like he's out there running out there at like 240. Like you can't you can't do that, dude. You're a tight end right now. You got to put on that weight, that that chunk, dude. If you're a 300 pound guy at six foot seven, six foot eight, whatever he is, it's a lot harder to you know even if because you're taller than a lot of guys, so your leverage is automatically going to be up high, and so. You know, even if somebody gets under your pad level, if you're 300 pounds, dude, it's still going to be pretty hard to just completely blow you off the ball. So that that's really, you know, a good thing to me that they they address that. And they were like, hey, you know, Mike, we don't know what you're doing, but you need to gain some weight. At the very least, bulk up, because just like you said, you know, he's taller center of gravity. You know, he's going to get pushed on his ass pretty easily. And he was last year. Um it was reported today. I don't know if you saw this that the, the 49ers worked out linebacker uh, Brandon Marshall, the former Broncos mm-hmm. linebacker. Do you think that's just like a depth move if they do? Yeah, sign yeah, they need to address that. Um, I looked at David Lombardi's like projected 53, and he had like 10 defensive linemen, but like four linebackers. And I went back and looked through our depth chart. The linebacker spot's pretty thin. You have Warner and Greenlaw, and you know, you have Al Shair. Um, you know, you have Enziocha, and it's like outside of Warner and Greenlaw, there's no real re- like above replacement level starters. They're both, you know, Al Shair, cool man. Like I like you, uh, but it's, you're not irreplaceable. So I think they really do need to address, especially when cuts come um, in the off season, to address the linebacker spot and see if that they can kind of bolster that a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they. Look, if they're pretty top heavy at the position, just like you were saying. So if anything were to happen, injury wise, yeah. God forbid, but at least and Brandon Marshall, he was a really good linebacker with Denver. He's got plenty of experience. Seemed like uh if I remember reading the reports back then, he's a pretty good leader. So if they do happen to sign him, like I said, it was just a workout, it would be yeah. a, a nice addition for the 49ers. I like this comment. Kittle made sure he was in shape this offseason. Now Kittle is his dad and plays with Staley. Yeah, Kittle told Kittle told McGlinchey, here, hold my beer. <laughs> and Mike, you know, just stood there. Kittle's like, no, literally hold my beer, drink it, eat the food that I put out on the table for you while I go work out. And then once you're done eating, then you can come join me for the workout because we need you to, you know, we're going to get some, get you in the weight room and we're going to get you lifting. But, you know, we need you to be doing the pizza and beer curls to throw on some weight, you know. 
<laughs> That's funny. Just the thought of it. But Kittle, that dude is in the in the gym working out, doing his crazy workouts like every yeah. day. Talk about dedication. Yeah. Well, and then they had that video of Kittle out there with with Jimmy, and that's when I was like, "Oh no, Jimmy actually is like thicker, muscular wise. Not he's not just like fat. He put on some muscle too." And that's so that was that was interesting to see. Um, speaking of Kittle, though, did you see his interview with Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen show? You know, I have not. I didn't. I didn't catch it. So there was one, you know, and he paid the, you know, oh, we have two quarterbacks. They're both my teammate. I root for whoever. Um, you know, you love to see the competition. If you're not trying to compete, then you don't belong on the football field. You know, all that little stuff that 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 coach speak, that nothing speak. Uh, but there was one interesting thing in there. Um, and I you, you know, I really think you should go back and watch it. But there was one point where Rich asked him about, you know, Trey Lance and how he looked and stuff like that. And, you know, he gave the standard. Oh, he's got a cannon, this and this and that. But one thing that he said was he looks further along than a rookie quarterback should. And that's a day into OTAs. And then I pair that with um, Alex Smith's brilliant appearance on Colin Cowherd, um, where he talked about what it was like, um, you know, if he knew right away that Patrick Mahomes was going to be a guy. And he's like, yeah, you, you can see that there's a confidence level there, that there's, you know, beyond the physical tools, you can see it with the mental processing. And then, you know, Shanahan said that he was really excited for Trey because they were throwing all this stuff at him and he seemed to be doing really well with it. So you're combining a few different sources. Um, you know, the scuttlebutt around the league is like when a dude shows up to camp, it takes players a practice or two to really know if he's going to be a player or not. Um, and then, you know, you have a guy who has a super complicated offense uh, talking about how, you know, the young guns picking it up and, and doing a really good job, despite the fact that they're just lobbing everything at him right now. So I, you know, this early they're, they're, singing effusive praise for him um i mean we might get into the heart of training camp and actually have a legitimate quarterback battle on our hands there, there's no guarantee that jimmy is going to be the starter if what is being said and of course you know you want to watch out for just being super complimentary to the number three overall pick but there i mean there is a chance if if lance is in there in practice every day and he's making throws that you know jimmy just simply can't and he's picking up the offense in a way that puts him pretty close to, you know, what you would expect from a Jimmy Garoppolo or, or somebody like that. You know, what's what's the reason not to do it? Um, especially if they're, you know, again, we're always rumored to have the, you know, the wide receiver on the list. So we're always rumored with the Julio Jones moving. Jimmy Garoppolo can make Julio Jones a reality. So it just bears watching. And it's, you know. I don't necessarily believe that all this stuff is going to necessarily go down, that it's going to be, you know, Lance starting right away or whatever. I'm just thankful that we have these storylines to kind of just dig into and chew on for a little while and kind of figure out, Hey man, the, the dead period of the off season is over. We're gearing up to get ready to go towards the season. And for me, it's just exciting to see the players back out on the field and realize that NFL football is just a couple months away. Yeah. And you know, the whole thing with, trying to decipher and read between the lines of is he really just talking up his teammate does he mean this that's what sucks around this time and you know it's only a matter of time before we actually find out is he really that much further along than a rookie but uh you've said it all along players know these players know as soon as these guys hit the field as soon as they get in the locker room with them 
Do they have it? Do they not have it? There's a certain swagger, especially at the quarterback position. Jimmy had it pretty early on. Did he lose it? I don't know. Um, it seemed like the vibe might have been off. That's from obviously an outsider looking in, but yeah. I do think Trey Lance, there's just something about him. He's got that charisma. Um, and there was an appearance, I think it was uh, John Lynch on Chris Collinsworth. I don't know if you happen to catch that. He was on. No, Chris Collinsworth has that one. podcast, I think, with uh, Sherman. Yeah. And he said that Kyle Shanahan was drawing up plays for Trey Lance. Oh, I did see that when they were on the plane ride coming from Justin Fields. Yep. Pro day. He yeah. was drawing up plays for Trey Lance. How awesome is that? That it's really awesome. But then it just, you know, it plays further into the thing of like, dude, why are all these people saying that uh that it was Mac Jones and that Kyle was pressured to go Trey Lance? It's just so silly. Yeah. But it's true. Um yeah, thought- AHM Tar is in the chat. He's he's kind of backing up what I said that Kittle said that Trey Lance looks better than a rookie quarterback already. And that's what I was saying. That's that's the one insightful thing that I took off because you can say, oh, he looks really good, but you know, also temper expectations, right? Oh, he looks really good. You know, as a rookie coming in, you just want to see that they're making progress. But he went out of his way to say he looks better than what a rookie quarterback usually looks like. So that to me is effusive praise. So I agree. And and coming from Kittle. I mean, he's always had Jimmy's back, but now it's like, you know, it's like asking a parent who their favorite kid is. <laughs> like they're gonna yeah. say good things about both. It, it's tough, but I, I'm well. Super and and Kittle's Kittle's like us, though, right? Kittle's all about the the name on the front of the jersey, not necessarily the name on the back. And you know, you understand that it's it's a business, and you know, you love these guys and you go to battle with these guys. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about the team rather than just the one person. Yep. Uh, Melissa says, hey, Matt, with all these crossovers, it'd be badass for you to join Nitty Gritty Niners live on Twitch. Breezy and Matt Rance would be epic. Hey, if Wayne wants me on, I'll be on anytime. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Wayne. Uh, Steve, so he looks better than what Beathard and Mullins look like. That's a low bar, though. Like, that's like saying someone who's on mechanical ventilation is better is better looking than a corpse. Like, I mean, I guess you're alive, but <laughs> coming from a medical professional, <laughs> that's a low bar to clear, dude. That's funny. Um, yeah, I-, I thought the whole thing, just like you said, you know, drawing plays for Trey Lance on the plane ride back from seeing Justin Fields. But yes, it was always Mac Jones and 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 Kyle Shanahan felt pressured. It's like, do you guys even hear yourself speak when you're still trying to push this narrative for whatever reason? Yeah. It was always Trey Lance. I, I do think that, um, they the, the article that Jim Trotter came out with was saying that they didn't tell each other, but I do think that they knew and they stayed with their convictions. And I just can't imagine it actually being Mac Jones. We're not going to get down that though because we can get in there. We went in over it a ton uh, leading up to. The I mean, draft. I just want to say, what is the point now of lying, of yeah. not being honest? Because you you don't necessarily have to say it was always Trey Lance to not shit on Trey Lance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like. Yeah. You could have always been, yeah, we had our eye on Mac Jones, but man, like during the process, Trey Lance just came up and blew us away. Like it's as simple as that. But for them to say from day one that it was Trey Lance was on their radar, for John to come out and say, I was watching him in 2019. Um, you know, obviously he said Kyle can't do that because he's coaching the team. He's like, but I've been watching him since before. There's no reason to go out and say that stuff and have it not be true. It's just, you know, and and in a day and age where everybody, you know, is kind of lying about a lot of things or dishonest or misleading (laughs) or a lot of misinformation or whatever every now and again 
you know, just you, you just got to take things at face value. And for somebody like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, who always came off to me as pretty open and honest, especially Kyle, very blunt. There's no reason for them to not be honest with what their situation was. Yeah. And, and it actually seems like the opposite of that happened to where Trey Lance was their first initial, you know, thought and, and selection. And maybe they're going through the motions trying to see if anybody else would change their mind but it seems yeah, like i mean it's like responsible scientific experimentation right exactly it's where we have this hypothesis that trey lance is the best quarterback now let's go out and try to prove that wrong by studying all these other guys and then when you come back to it and trey lance is still your guy then you're like well he's definitely the guy then and we can take him oh my god oh hundred dollar donation great wow. fox thank you very much wow <laughs> that's the biggest one we've ever gotten thank you i hope you didn't put the decimal in the wrong place homie i know yeah <laughs> like that's crazy thank you so much we thank appreciate you. it that's uh an early birthday present thank you very much that's awesome dang you hit the brakes on the show real quick with that wow absolutely <laughs> shout out to uh barry a baller he's got a great youtube channel go check his stuff out makes great absolutely. videos i uh, just made a really good one actually so go check it out uh herman cruz what do you guys think about grant cone comparing trey to blaine gabbert that's grant being that's grant being grant yeah that's grant saying something to fire everybody up so that we could all have like a conversation about it yeah i mean peachy in the chat what's up peachy peachy how's it going go check out nitty gritty niners as well uh everybody eats make sure everyone go and check out all these other uh great 49ers content creators there's a bunch yeah uh steve says great fox knew zach needed pants for the show <laughs> right i'll go buy a pair um I, I do think though that as far as uh the 49ers and where they're at right now it's hard to remember another time where there's just so much optimism going into a season and, and i'm tempted to say going into the last season when the whole i'm not even going to say the word but rs or rt i guess was going on uh that didn't happen I'll, obviously. I'll say it revenge tour that turned into rehab tour yes yes exactly yeah do you agree with that though like this is kind of like the most optimism and energy that's been around this team going into a season in a while yeah i i do because there's the not only do you have the optimism for a team that you know is like super bowl caliber right uh which we had last year but the difference between last year and this year is last year we had come off the playoff run we lost in the Super Bowl, and there were definitely questions about Jimmy Garoppolo because it's like, well, you only let him throw eight times in the NFC Championship game. He had one throw to make that would have won us the Super Bowl when uh, when Emmanuel Sanders was open by like four yards, had four yards of separation. He could have hit him. Uh, so, you know, you had those questions. But this year, it's like we traded up to number three to get Trey Lance. Now we have the shiny new toy in the building on top of a roster we feel is like a Super Bowl roster. And then you have the, you know, the always anticipated quarterback competition. You know, does this light a fire under Jimmy and make him compete that much harder? And does he come out looking really good um, because of, you know, you know, the competition and the fact that he, you know, is looking over and is like this little this dude, he's going to try to take my job and I'm going to be nice to him and I'm going to be a professional because I might be, uh, you know, looking for my next audition. This is my audition for my next starting job. But just the quarterback competition coming into the season with the fact that we have a lot of these players coming back off of injuries and we anticipate a, a rebound for the team and the shiny new toy. I mean, to me, definitely, I agree with you that this is one of the most exciting off seasons leading into a 49ers season that we've had in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully 
I, I do think it's different than last season in the sense that it's not like putting the same pieces back together and trying to make it work again. You know, like it, 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 you got so close in the Super Bowl, it didn't happen. And then they basically just brought everybody back and they're like, okay, let's do it again. It didn't work, obviously, COVID, yeah. injuries. There's a, a you know whole list of reasons, but they actually, I feel like, addressed the team and the team's needs in a very objective uh, and effective way. And they came to the conclusion that us fans had been saying, Jimmy ain't it. You know, like, I love Jimmy and I wish he was the, the guy, but it yeah. doesn't seem like he's going to be the guy or ever be the guy. We were kind of holding our breath, waiting to see if he's going to develop into it. It didn't happen, whether it's injuries, whether it's play, mm -hmm. whether it's his ceiling is just not simply high enough. And then they made an aggressive choice to add Trey Lance. And I, I really do respect him for that. Yeah. And I think Kyle addressed it, too. He's like, look, we were hoping Jimmy develop, but it's hard to develop when you're always rehabbing from an injury. And he had one one season here where he was healthy amongst the three. And so he was just like, look, dude, like I told him, you know, we love you here, but we can't rely on you because of your health. And that's that's something that is absolutely true. And it's something that I said uh, coming off the ACL. It's just like, you know, and it's why I was so excited for him last year, um, because, uh, you know, when we were talking about Jimmy, I, I hung on to Jimmy for a long time in terms of give him time. You know, this is his first, you know, f well, second real offseason with the 49ers as a starting quarterback. You know, he came off the ACL the Super Bowl year. So in that regard, you're looking at him just trying to, you know, rehab that and come back healthy. After the Super Bowl, he had a full offseason. And so you're thinking, well, will he finally take the next step? But then the high ankle sprain, you know, he comes back, not super effective still, and then re-aggravates the ankle sprain. So, yeah, it, it makes it really difficult for him to develop. Um, you know, you'd like to see, oh, okay. He's worked on his footwork a little bit or he's developed the deep ball or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, he's finally seeing that off ball linebacker that comes out from the weak side that picks off his pass over the middle or whatever. Right. He's not making the Jimmy throw. And the fact that we know, OK, we have a Jimmy throw like that's something that's, you know, pretty crazy, too, um, that you look at. So yeah. tell me about it. Yeah, it's um, it's like it's constant. You know, we, we would say all last season, every every game. We're going to have that one Jimmy throw that's just going to, you know, and it's always seemed to yeah. be at the worst times. Nines will be driving, going to tie or take the lead. And sure enough, Jimmy's hitting the linebacker for a pick six, you know. So whatever yeah. it is, we got another super chat. Thank you very much. I'm fat. Coming in. Do we get a Matt rant tonight? Uh, we'll see. I don't know if there's much to rant about tonight. It's so early. It's there's not much. I don't think that's pissed you off, although we haven't spoken. No, much. <laughs> I mean, it's mild. Listen, it's mildly annoying that we're attached to every wide receiver that comes out on the market. But in this case with Julio, I kind of understand it. He's he's a veteran in Kyle Shanahan's system. He knows what's up. And the fact that the 49ers didn't do anything with the position. So wide receiver and linebacker are now the, the two positions that I think are the weakest that need the most depth. I don't my only issue with Julio is that I think, again, like I said before, when the rumors first came up, I think he kind of sucks the gravity out of the building for Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. You know, if you want Brandon Ayuk to be that true number one, do you really want to bring a 32 year old Julio Jones who definitely has skills, but is on the backside of his career? Um, I just don't know. I don't know that you would make that move. Yeah, particularly given a cost, it's going to cost. We uh. We talked about this 
I, I, I don't know if we talked about this specifically, but we talked about the wide receivers uh, when I was on nothing but knives with Mike and the, and the gang yesterday, last night. And basically I was saying, it, it's tough. We talked about the wide receivers. That's what it was. But in the discussion, it was brought up like, look, you got Debo, you got Brandon Ayuk. And if you're bringing in a Julio, what happens to these guys' development? It kind of gets stunted because obviously you're not mm-hmm. bringing in Julio to be wide receiver three. You're bringing him in to be right. your wide receiver one. And you already drafted heavily at the position pretty much the last three years. Um, and I do think that the 49ers are comfortable on the top end of the wide receiver group. I think they need to be looking for, and just like Steve said, uh, they, they were looking at D.D. Westbrook. Um, yeah. So that would be a nice addition. I do agree if he's healthy um, because they need to kind of round out that wide receiver unit with a nice wide receiver three um and i i forget who else we were, we were speaking about yesterday but there are a few other names that the 49ers could look at are they also uh signed austin watkins the undrafted free agent who a lot of people are high on including myself i do think he has a chance of taking that role from kb yeah, yeah and you know again again which who goes in the slot you know, is it is it Debo Samuel? And then do you typecast him there so that he's not going to play outside? Um, you know, this is a critical year in Debo's development. It's year three for him. He's coming off a season where he had some injuries. The 49ers need to figure out what really, you know, he has um, and determine whether or not they're going to re-sign him and, and make room for him in the future. Um, I've seen him working hard in the offseason, so it looks like he's going to come back with, you know, with a vengeance. But you know, uh, again, like you said, the top the top of the wide receiver depth chart in a Shanahan offense, I think, is pretty good. I don't think you necessarily need to push much further with that, but you can always look again for for the three, the four guy, particularly a guy who can return kicks because we need somebody who's going to return. I cannot. I'm not looking forward to Richie James being the guy that's back there again. Um, it's just that's not what I'm looking for, but. You know, a Julio Jones, remember, this team now does not have first-round picks for the next two years. So you're talking about giving yeah. up more draft capital on top of that. Instead of restocking the team like this team does in the, you know, the mid to late rounds, now you're talking about giving up more capital for a Julio Jones, again, an aging, expensive wide receiver. Does he put you over the top? I mean, you're pretty close to begin with. Really, what you need to be focusing on is the quarterback position. So, I mean, I guess it's going to turn into a little rant, I suppose. Like, I don't know. I just think the wide receiver position is quickly becoming to me like the running back position, in which it's one of the most disposable positions in the NFL. But right now, wide receiver is so overrated. Everybody wants the OBJ. Everybody wants the Julio Jones. Everybody wants this guy or that guy. Name, name me the last time a top five NFL wide receiver won a Super Bowl. Oh, wait. Because it's been a long time. Jerry Rice. <laughs> it's been a long time. They typically don't. Like the wider, no matter how good you are as a wide receiver, your right job now. is reliant on the quarterback getting you the ball. Yeah. Um, and you have to get open to do that. And so you can be the best wide receiver in the world, but if you don't have a great quarterback or you know, you don't have a great offensive line or you're the only weapon so everybody's focused on you and you're triple double triple covered um you know Tyree i don't think tyree kills a top five wide receiver i, I really don't he's great where he's at he's great where he's at he's great with andy Reid's offense but i don't think that he works everywhere 
I don't see him as like a DeAndre Hopkins type. I don't see him as a Julio Jones type. Speaking I think Tyreek Hill's really good, but I don't think that he's like a top five guy. No, and and obviously paired with Patrick Mahomes, that's like the perfect his speed, Mahomes' arms, like it's just it's a perfect marriage. But outside of that, I don't know if he is the same receiver that he is in Kansas City. Um, not to take anything away from him, but right. um getting back to uh Julio, there were a couple comments in here. Uh Kali, I know everyone wants Julio, myself included. Jameson Crowder could be flying under the radar. That's another option to maybe a wide receiver three role where I think the 49ers are more in the position to be looking to fill than a number one absolute guy like Julio. And exactly like Holly said, I want Julio as much as the next guy, but logistically it doesn't make sense looking at the roster. You already have guys like Ayuk, Debo. And then also Steve brought up Jalen Hurd. If he's able to stay healthy, chances are he's going to take a, you know, at the very least top three, top four spot. I mean, there's not much competition after Brandon, Ayuk uh, and Debo Samuel. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you want to see you want to see those guys get in there and get a look because you do have to fill that depth. So, I mean, whoever can, you know, whether it's Hurd, whether it's Watkins, whether it's you know Richie James gets gets another opportunity. I don't know why people say he doesn't. He does. Um, whatever the case may be, I think that you know you're looking at a guy who um, you know guys who need to step up, and they definitely need that number three. I said it about uh, Jalen Hurd. Um, I said that, you know, if he does nothing else but Moss DBs in the end zone, that's enough. Like, I think that's enough for this team with the other weapons that they have that uh, that they, they'll be just fine without getting somebody like Julio. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just don't think they need him. And going back to Tyreek Hill, by the way, that Super Bowl year, he had 860 yards receiving. I know he missed some games, but, you know, it's not like he had a, statistic, a statistical show out. So, you know, he played with Alex Smith his rookie year and didn't really get a lot done. So I think he's just a super effective deep threat. He's great at what he does. And I think that he benefits from Andy Reid, who, um, you know, Colin Cowherd said this, and I agree. Andy Reid is probably the most innovative offensive coach in the history of the NFL. That's fair. So I think think that that helps out a lot, you know, but when you can throw a guy like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins can go to the Arizona Cardinals and be DeAndre Hopkins. He can be on the Texans with that with that shit show of an offense with Bill O'Brien there and still be DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you could be Julio Jones and, you know, take quarters off, take games off and still be Julio Jones, you know. Yeah. So and that's not to take anything away from Tyreek Hill, but you know, he's not he's not the guy that, you know, does Tyreek Hill work without a Kelsey or Without uh, a Watkins on the or um, not Watkins, uh, yeah Watkins, uh, Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. on the other side, yeah. or you know Patrick Mahomes slinging him the ball. I don't know that he does. He's not especially tall. He's super fast, but you know if you're scheming to stopping Tyreek Hill, you know, and that's what that's what causes so many matchup nightmares for Kansas City because if you do scheme to stop Tyreek Hill, well now Travis Kelsey has 12 catches for. 150 yards or whatever like there's a reason travis kelsey is breaking tight end records is it because he's so much far and away better than every other tight end in the league that could be part of it he's right there with kittle as like the best in the league but the offense is catered much like a shanahan offense to get the ball to the open dude 
And if they're taking Tyreek Hill out of the game, then Travis Kelsey is just going to eat all day. And so when they focus in the third and fourth quarter, um, you know, I'd really be interested in the statistical splits for Tyreek Hill. I'm willing to bet that early in the game, he's not doing much. And it's Kelsey actually chewing up chain. And then once they start focusing on Travis Kelsey, that's when you see Tyreek Hill, you know, get one behind the defense or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we had four catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns when, you know, two of his catches made up 90 yards, right? The other two were screens. So I don't know. Question from Steve, who are your top five wide receivers right now? Um, DeAndre Hopkins, I think is the best. Um, Julio Jones, I would say is probably up there. Number two, boy, this is bad. Cause I'm, I'm probably going to forget people. I think, God, I hate to say this, but I think DK Metcalf is a top five receiver right now. Wow. Yeah. Like what he's able to do with that trash line. Um, Stefan Diggs, Devonte Adams. That's five. I'm so glad you said Stefan Diggs. He is so underrated. I love Stefan Diggs. He's so good. Dude, him going to Buffalo and getting paired with Josh Allen, getting away from Kirk Cousins, it's like the best thing he could have done. That was well, such and a look great what happened run. to Minnesota's offense last year without Stefan Diggs. Like even even Thielen like took yep. a huge step back. Going through some of the comments, Kali, Tampa Bay slowed downhill in last season's Super Bowl. So did the 49ers until the, those busted plays in the second half. Tommy Huxley, Matt, that's a great point. Uh, that's, I think you meant to say why I think Kittle is better. Kali, Devontae Adams. Yeah, Devontae Kittle, Adams is a stud, Eagles, dude. Butterfingers. Uh, like when you're Devontae Adams and you're catching all these passes and stuff, and then like you have Marquez Valdez Scantling on the other side, who, no offense to you, but Aaron Rodgers made you, bro. Like, it's not like Green Bay has a ton of offensive weapons. And that's why people like, I think the misnomer of, oh, well, Rodgers has weapons. No, Rodgers makes weapons. If you gave Rodgers like three Devontae Adams, they'd win the Super Bowl every year because they'd score 50 points a game. <laughs> uh, I wanted to get a quote to your attention and get, get your reaction live. So I'm going to share my screen. Oh, what do you God. think of this? Let's take a quick break from today's show to say thank you to the sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter Blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of the glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. I know I myself am constantly on my phone, um, whether it's managing 49ers Hive or on my laptop recording new episodes with Matt of the Wrinkle Center podcast, and my eyes have definitely felt the difference. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and all of our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every single pair sold. This is eyewear built for a digital age, and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your new Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. Make sure you click the link in our show notes to get 10% off your next purchase of Baxter Blues. Now let's get back to the show. Keller Witherspoon on his four years with the 49ers. When I was healthy, I was the best corner in the league. 
He said he had two significant injuries that people didn't know about from Joe Fan. I think I think he should expect NFL drug testers to come knock on his door pretty soon. <laughs> that dude's fucking tripping. <laughs> like you were a starting NFL quarterback, sure. But let's not pretend like we didn't see the ebbs and flows in the same games when you get a you know a hold and then that leads to you giving up a, a busted coverage for a touchdown, which then leads you to getting another hold. And you know, we you had these games where you were just very schizophrenic in what you were doing. Yeah. So to me, like, dude, the best corner in the league, best corner in the league. Listen, I went to pull a Carlos Hyde. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, you, do you think he tells his himself this shit in the mirror? Like, where was his talk when you were getting burnt for touchdowns, and then you know yeah. you ha- you got little boo boo face, and we're giving up more touchdowns? If you really thought you were the best corner in the league, we wouldn't see that up and down play from you as your mental, you know, your mental status declines because you're getting down on yourself. You're like, oh, not another penalty. Ugh, not another touchdown given up. Ugh, not this, not that. Like, not even like he was a ball hawk. How many picks did he have for the 49ers? No. Like three or four? Tops. Yeah. Like, I see Coach Timo in the chat. How's it going? How's it going, Coach? It, I thought it was hilarious when I, when I saw the quote. I'm like, man, that, that's that's the, the quiet part that you're saying out loud. You know, just like you said, do you say that to your morning to yourself every morning when you get out of bed to get like, your, your juices flowing? There's a difference between confidence and delusion. And what he's doing yeah. right now is just completely delusional. Yeah. Like you can say, dude, my goal is to be the best, but to just say that you are the best, that's crazy to me. Yeah. That's crazy to me. When you have you weren't even the, you weren't even the best, best on your team. On the team. Thank you. Yes. No. Yeah, Verrett was the best corner on the team last year. Yeah, and then the year before it was probably Kwan Williams, dude. You got replaced by an undrafted dude. <laughs> like you couldn't even sniff the field in the second half of the year. No, and it's just like not only that, but it's it's more than just physical. Mentally, from the outside looking in, again with that caveat added, you weren't there. You just simply weren't there. And like you said, Matt, you would get beat from touchdowns. And you could tell, you could tell his his whole demeanor, his attitude change, be on the sideline throwing his helmet. Uh, you know, best of luck to you in Seattle, but let's, let's be like, real here. Dude, that's like Duck Hodges being like, I'm the best quarterback in the NFL. When healthy, <laughs> as if that changes anything. Yeah, that's like Mason Rudolph being like, I'm the best quarterback in the NFL when Miles Garrett ain't plunking me with my own fucking helmet. Like, <laughs> fuck, man. That's crazy. That's so crazy. In that case, in that case, dude, where the fuck did you even go? You went to Seattle for like four million bucks. That's best corner in the NFL. Four million dollars a year for one year. Bargain. All right. Bargain. We'll, we'll see you twice this year, Cupcake. We'll see who's the best cornerback in the NFL. Good luck. You'll need it. Little one, little Matt rant for the for the yeah, viewers. a little bit. That pisses me off, man. That's it so is. Crazy. Yeah, it, it's uh, so like be confident, but don't be a dickhead about it. Like, come on. And where was that when you were here? Where was that attitude? Where was that confidence? 
you, you know, basically took yourself out of a game. It's just, yeah. I saw that quote. I needed to get your reaction to it. it it's it's laughable how bad it is and just how delusional. I bet you, I bet you Mike agrees with him though. I that's Mike's guy. It always has been Mike's that's guy. That's always so. been Mike's guy. I am the he's probably like he's probably like facts. Facts. 100 percent bro. We love Mike. We love Mike. But Melissa, that, that's a bad take, Mike. He's got a weird affliction to a Kello and a Kevin White. Um I remember the Kevin White shit. That was so funny. Kevin White talk, didn't even I, do anything. I asked him about it last night, but he didn't he didn't he wasn't answering the questions really. It was like he was the host. So I, I wanted him to get into it because he loves Kevin White and now he's actually on the Niners and the Niners have a wide receiver three position wide open. Um, I mean, he's on the 49ers, but is he really on the 49ers? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Melissa said Tavares Moore and Jamar Andrew Taylor had uh, games plays. I remember what was Spoon's a pick on Winston when he went 30-30. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing memorable, yeah. really. Besides getting punked, dude. The only the only thing that I remember being worse than Akella Witherspoon at times was that one game. Who was that scrub cornerback that they played for that first half? Uh, Brian the, something. Brian around Allen. There. Brian Allen. Yeah, that was the only thing that I remember being like out and out worse than stuff I've seen from Akella Witherspoon. But that happened because Akella Akella Witherspoon go wouldn't go in. Yep, that's right. So in and a then way, went in later anyway when they pulled his ass. Yeah, yeah. Melissa says it's because Mike is all about New Jersey. Uh, they're New Jersey guys. That's why Big Mike likes them. Makes sense. Tribal. I mean, that's cool. There are a lot of people from California I can't stand. So, Coach Timo, I like how all the media now is scrambling to adjust themselves after totally failing at predicting the 49ers' number three pick last month. LOL, never trust the media. My mantra of the past 25 years. It's funny, um, Peter Schrager talked about this, that like there was just this groundswell of 49ers fans who were like, no, they were all, all of us were pushing back against that narrative. There were some, there were some silly people that were like, oh no, I like Mac Jones. I don't want to say what I think those people are, but I mean, come on guys. You can't hold Mac Jones up to these freaking uber athletic, super good quarterbacks like Trey Lance, like Justin Fields, like Trevor Lawrence, and be like, no, Mac Jones is the guy. Like, no. they must be from Bama. That Like, the only people that like Mac Jones are from Bama. It has to be. I mean, it really does. Or or somebody that has, like, a, a direct tie to him, like, financially, that's going to benefit yeah. off of this. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I don't – I just don't understand why you would. What's I mean, what's there to like? Yeah, I mean, he's accurate, sure, right? But – Noodle arm, not athletic, dad bod, DUIs. Like, what are you looking at? McCorkle. Like, McCorkle. dude's name is McCorkle. Yeah. Nope. Nope, it's, nope, it's, nope. Everything adds up, and it, it, it never was. And and the only thing that I'll say is when we were talking about it back then, the only thing I got nervous, the only reason I got nervous is because the last couple of years – the media kind of did pick the Niners pick. I don't know if you remember, it was Kinlaw. And we were all like, no way it's going to be Kinlaw. And then they pick Kinlaw. Um, I think McGlinchey, they were picking McGlinchey when that happened. So part of me was like, there's no way. But then another part was like, shit, what if they do though? Because they've kind of been this weird 
accuracy with the media coming to the 49ers picks, but I yeah. think the, they knew this one was different. I also think we have a little bit of the 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 battered fan syndrome, right? Too, where we're expecting like the 49ers to let us down in some regard where, you know, I'm saying we haven't had a franchise quarterback since Steve Young. Like, who are we going to get now? You know, and it's like, oh, yay, they're going to tease us with a little bit of potential. But, the, uh, you know, it's like Rob Schneider's character in Waterboy. Ah, we suck again, you know. <laughs> so I think that we're to the point where, you know, we we just we hope for the best, but we expect the worst. So when the, the conflicting reports were coming out, we we're like, man, I hope it's not Mac Jones. But if it is, that would be the 49ers for you. You know, and I think that's part of like yeah. what a lot of us were, were thinking so you know which is why so many 49ers fans are so nasty to each other on social media because hurt people yeah. hurt people matt and 49ers fans for the last decade have been hurt they've been hurt people so yeah, that's just kind of joking uh coach demo kevin white different than akello had talent and potential but couldn't stay healthy and can still contribute at this point if he does at this point but doubt he'll raise many eyebrows now at this point in his career. Kevin White sucks. Kevin White's he the best. Had, he at least had the, the physical talent going into the league um, to have a nice career. He can't separate. He can't separate. No. Even when he was healthy, he's not separating. This comment as <laughs> so FT soft. Dante Whitner on a Kella Witherspoon. That clip was hilarious. Steve says KV said he had a lot of swagger, though. Is this about a Kello? No, this is about Mac Jones. Did he really? They're, they're in New England together. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Man, okay. KB's well, doing what he's got to do to make that money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. KB's trying not to rattle the apple cart. Yeah. We all have eyes. Uh, Coach said you could tell most people were buying it because they were pissed off and speculating the 49ers were going to draft Jones. Don't follow the knuckleheads. Great lesson to learn, fam. That's a good point. And, and, and think for yourself. Read the writing I mean, on the wall. Do your own research. Yeah, you know? and I mean, even towards the end, I feel like a lot of us in the chat were getting a little beaten down by so many people saying Mac Jones. Stewart. You know, I know. I remember I oscillated back and forth when we were doing our picks for the for the mock draft for, for the team or whatever, which I won, by the way. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, towards the end, I was like, oh, dude, do, my last mock, do I, do I put Mac Jones? Because that's where I see, uh, I feel like it might be. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to stick with my guns. I picked Justin Fields. Um, and that out of the top eight, I think draft picks, that was the only one I got wrong. Um, but yeah, like Trey Lance, great pick. I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I think the lot of us were relieved, relieved. I mean, Perry broke the, you know, broke us a little bit with his spoiling it. For the, the second the year Perry, in a row. The Perry, the Perry, ooh, that the Perry special. <laughs> the Perry special. <laughs> That's going on mute next year. Dude, I'm just going to take him his, out of the I was just going to say that. Show. I'm turning his camera off and muting him because yeah. we can all agree to be quiet and not say anything, and he has to go off. He has to. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's um, good. It's youthful exuberance, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. it's like Perry, you son of a bitch. That's, yeah, that's literally what you said. Uh, we're going to go through some comments here, and then we're going to wrap things up, guys. Uh, Corey S. said, only fans who like Mac Jones, Alabama fans. Truth. Yep. Or his agent. Uh, forget the non-athlete, but those damn partying picks and his damn Money Manziel 100 million thing, I would have hated him as a pick. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the 100 million. 100 million. Like, what are you doing, dude? All hammered. Not a good look. 
Yeah, not a good look. Coach Timo, I never once believed we were picking Jones. My two guys were Fields and Lance, and Kyle's were two. I felt great with the pick we actually made. We actually yep. made. Emphasis actually on actually. Made. Yeah. Dan Ongadi, Peter Schrager said Fred Warner was going to have a breakout year this year. Is it just me or didn't that already happen? If he breaks out more than he already has, he's going to be really expensive to retain. Yeah, he already is, not. but yeah, like, no, he, <laughs> dude, Fred Warner's, Fred Warner's awesome. I love Fred. Yeah. Best linebacker in the league. Take it to the bank. Yep. Unless I mean, he say, is. Hey, he is. Yeah, he, he's going to take it to the bank. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Mac is accurate. Guess what? Josh Allen was hated on because he had accuracy issues. I'd rather take the driven talent over the Bama dude. I don't trust Alabama quarterbacks and people say don't like both school or whatever. Yeah, but I'm talking like I don't trust Nick Saban, Alabama quarterbacks. There's never been a good one. And even Tua is like, dude, Tua better figure it out. And I give Tua a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because he came off the hip injury and then went into a COVID year where they had no offseason. But this is going to be really telling for him. And, and what Miami's going to do. They're riding with him this year, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Mac Jones would have been a disaster, I think, especially because the fan base would have hated on him right from the beginning. Did you see, um, I forget when it came out. I think when the Jaguars released that video, when they called or when they tried to call Trevor Lawrence and he went to oh, voicemail. He sent the voicemail twice. Did you see that they had, uh, was it Waddle ranked basically the same as, as Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Is that kind of weird? Is that normal for teams? Like, I think it's all. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, because it was 8.0 for both of them, right? I think so. Um, and I think they said the scoring is out of nine, where like a nine is like a perfect prospect or whatever. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was position dependent. So Jalen Waddle is an eight for a wide receiver, while it, whereas Trevor Lawrence is an eight for a quarterback. But I don't think you can conflate the two just on a pure mathematical basis. So I think that's what really the difference is going to be there. I could I could be speaking out of turn, but if I had to guess, that's what I would think. That makes sense. Uh, Tommy Huxley, McVeigh has a podcast. Who the fuck cares? It's called Flying Coach. What is he, a superhero? Is this Richie uh, Valenzuela and his flying guitar? You know what? I actually enjoy that podcast. Um, they had LaFleur and Sala on, and I think they told some really funny stories, um, especially – when they were talking, they were talking about Aaron Rodgers and the floor told a story about him, you know, adjusting the play at the line or whatever. And, you know, him being able to draw the defensive pass interference and Salah's straight face said that wasn't PI. Um, later on, there was a story about how Kyle chewed Salah's ass for burning a timeout um, when he didn't have the right personnel out there. Sean McVay, like, dude, say what you want about the guy, but he's a really intelligent guy. And, you know, it doesn't matter if he plays for a rival team or whatever. I'm always willing to listen to really smart football dudes who are excited about the subject because all that's going to do is make me learn things. So for me, like, I don't mind. I don't mind. And, And, you know, this is one of those things where it's really fan driven. I'm sure, you know, Tommy, you hate the Rams and, you know, that's fine. We all have our, you know, rivals and stuff, but. You know, McVeigh and Shanahan are really good friends, just like McVeigh and LaFleur and Shanahan. They're all coming out of the same coaching tree. So it's not the same between the coaches and the players. And I think for me, as I, you know, as I get older, I just want to learn stuff. You know, the the diehard like, oh, the Seattle Seahawks and stuff that doesn't hold as much of, of, of appeal to me. I want my teams to do good. Um, but that just blind hatred. There's only one team that I have blind hatred for, and it's not even in football. So <laughs> it's a baseball. It's it's the LA Dodgers. They can go fuck themselves. 
Fair enough. Um, yeah, when I was obviously younger, uh, yeah, you know, it was, I never really did the whole like she hawks or squeak hawks. Um, some people yeah. do. That's cool. Yeah, I'm that's trying cool. to be as objective as possible, especially trying to build a platform here, here and with 49ers Hive. And I try and be as objective. Seattle Seahawks. You know, it's like there's a there's a difference between you have to have a sense of professionalism and if you're just a fan yeah. drinking at tailgating. So I try and keep that level there. Uh, Melissa, Fred Warner. Yeah, was I mean, it. listen, if we're out tailgating, we're at a game. And, yeah, you know, we different. get we get a like we get a like fuck the Rams chant going like I'm going to join in on that. That's just fun. That's yeah. just being there. And that's atmosphere or whatever. But in general, when I'm like, you know, when I'm sitting at home, I, I know some people that just like mentally torture themselves over rivalries and stuff. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't get it. Like when the game's over. Yeah, it sucks if we lose. And it's awesome if we win. But, dude, I got a life to live. <laughs> like, I don't have you know, I'm just I'm past that point, I think. So. I love the 49ers. Um, and I, again, I always want them to do well. I just like, there are some just weird stuff though, with the rivalry stuff that I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm too old. And dude, I mean, it gets, it gets really serious. I mean, you, with, especially people baseball, get fucking people, for this stuff. Yeah, People die. I mean, that's why yeah. the Raiders and the Niners didn't play each other when the Raiders right. were still here. And I'm just like, that, that's stabbed. a level of fandom that I just don't understand that I will never understand. Yeah. So that could just be me. I, I yeah, I'll never understand that. Nothing is ever that serious to where you need to kill or die over. Um, especially if somebody hit my wife. No, 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 sorry, I meant football. Uh, yeah, in sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, birthday plans. My fiance is taking me to Monterey Saturday. Come back hey. Monday, and then I have another two days off of work. Still kind of moving into the new place. Well, still have some stuff to unpack. So hoping to get that done. Uh, Coach Timo, Fred wants to be a 49er for life. I think he will be too. He is consistently great, top two or three, and another great year could put him over the top of the list, especially if we get a Super Bowl ring. I love it. He's quickly he's quickly on his way to rivaling pa- uh, Patrick Willis's career already. Um, and I think it's very clear. Kyle wants him around too. And as we've seen with George Kittle, they're going to back up the Brinks trucks for guys that Kyle drafted. Yeah, it's true. Um, 49ers and linebackers, great. I know great they seem to record. just find them everywhere. Yeah, no matter what coaching tree they have in. Uh, so now that we went two corners and a safety this year, do we continue to address issues like special teams and other issues? They got to get linebacker depth. They really need to figure out what's going on at the wide receiver position, but they absolutely positively need a returner. I might puke on my shoes if Richie James is back there returning kicks this year because it's just it's the missing area. They're not going to have great field position starting out no uh zach what do you have hanging in the background so this that's an autograph frank gore and this is an autograph debo samuel um you can't see it but right up on this wall i have the uh forget which super bowl it is a super bowl signed football by the whole team and then i have a jeff garcia mini helmet roger craig mini helmet and a bill walsh signed mini helmet um those are some posters that uh, Leroy sent us. He made for NBC Sports Bay Area for the 49ers playoff run. And, uh, yeah, some some rally towels. I have more. I, I just haven't had a chance to put it up. I have to mount a TV in here somewhere, so I'm, like, trying to leave that aside. Um, and I also have – here, let me grab it. What's that wall look like on your right? That might be the TV mounting wall. You got your right. couch over on this side. Yeah, I have another little couch right here, like right by my desk. But there's plenty of room. That's where I'm hoping to yeah, mount, mount it. it on the wall. Yeah. yeah, 
I want to show you this real quick, though. Oh, he is wearing pants, ladies and gentlemen. Those look like bat. Hey, those look like basketball shorts. Are you wearing basketball shorts right now? I put them on when I get home. Yeah. Oh man, you're wearing it. Wait, you're wearing it. A- so this is from Joe Staley. That's headed sick. for Hades. He's fantastic artist. Um, I'll drop his handle in the comments right now, and he sell. You can make a donation, and in turn get a nice print. Uh, he has like different types uh glossy matte and i got it when i was still at my old place and i really wanted a place to hang it up so now i have it here and you guys should go check him out he's a great artist um just got he's that really, up finally he's really gonna floss over the fact that he tucks a suit shirt into fucking basketball shorts when he gets home dude I, I i had to take my dogs out i wasn't gonna take my dogs out and soup suit pants i respect it that's fine i'll allow it uh, Dan Angotti. Yeah, this this kind of made me think too. With the draft grades, why not go right to ten instead of nine? Does every team do it differently? That's probably some bullshit thing. Like, there's no such thing as a perfect prospect, so there's no ten prospects. <laughs> if you have a ten prospect and then somebody comes out better, you can't go higher than ten. So what are they then? Fair enough. Some stupid shit. It's probably some dumb stuff like that. Um, let me drop the link for this artist real quick because he's really cool. Yeah, he's good. Just at headed for Hades. His name's Simon. He's really, really good. Go check his art out, guys. Um, let's see. We'll take another couple questions. Melissa, you guys, like myself, like the idea of a center pick. What's your thoughts on Brunskill's backup? And would have been Kyle Starter go start a guy if Alex Mack wasn't signed. I think Brunskill's fine as the backup. I really like the Alex Mack signing. I really like the fact that they addressed the offensive line in the draft like big time. So I'm excited to see Aaron Banks get in there and just like maul the shit out of some dudes. I'm guessing that they put him on the right side right next to McGlinchey. Yeah. We talked about this last night on another Manina stream. Um, Brunskill's like super versatile and he could fit in multiple places on the line. So he's yeah. really valuable for the 49ers. He's he's a jack of all trades, but an ace of none. So he's like that yeah. ideal like swing player on the offensive line where if like, yeah, if a guy gets nicked up, you can move Brunskill into their spot and he's great as like a spot starter or like a short-term solution. But he's not a guy that you want to stick out there against the elite of the elite because eventually he's going to get exposed. Yeah, yeah. Um, except for, was it Aaron Donald that he totally just yeah. held his own against? I don't know. Uh, dropping the link. I figured I should probably just drop his direct link instead of his Twitter, Staley Art, because he has a site. Okay. Um, Tommy Huxley, I respect McVay. I also agree that I hate the goddamn Dodgers, too. I just really hate Seahawks fans. They are trash. Who cheers when Bowman gets injured? Pathetic. That's a good point. They threw popcorn at him. Do I think that if we were in the middle of a playoff race, or in the NFC championship against Seattle and Russell Wilson went down that our fans wouldn't cheer. I can always speak for myself. Pretty sure they would. A lot of them would. I think there are trash people in every fan base. Exactly. You just like to think, because you know you yourself wouldn't do that. Right. But you You can't attribute your own morals to other people, and you can't attribute how you would be as a fan. Like, why do you think Raiders and 49ers fans stab the shit out of each other when they get together? Like, it's just because hey, there's some bad people in the fan base. That's just how it is. It's fair. 
I despise Carol. I dislike Ray Lewis. Hawk fans irritate me, but my true hate is for teams. My true hate for teams comes from family rivalries, especially because my brother thinks COVID TNF is something to crow about. Oh, he must be a Packers fan. <laughs> oh, she's talking about the COVID matchup. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. Uh, Coach Timo, Matt, you and I are a lot alike in how we handle the game and our team. I used to get very deflated, and now it's just taken with a grain of salt. There are quite more important things in life for sure. Dude, we have people in our own chat that I feel like the 49ers lose a tough game, and it's like, dude, are you on the edge of the building? You should probably come down from there right now. Unfortunately. It's it's okay. Life will go on. Don't forget, the corner we drafted for Michigan is a good kick returner, and we still have hasty for kickoffs if needed. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, Yeah, Amber Thomas. Uh, it's not, I don't know if hasty makes the roster though. Yeah. You said that earlier. You're not sure if he might not, he's pretty kind of buried low on that chart. Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, tough, man. Elijah Mitchell, they spend a draft capital on, so I don't know if he's going to make it over hasty. If they're similar production, they're going to go with the guy that they actually spent something on. Um, because to me it's Mostert, sermon, Gallman, one, two, three. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's, it's a good group. It's a really good group. Yeah. Uh, Melissa said it's not just that. It's about his pull about being vast 52. It was the whole thing making Brooks breeze about himself offering to pay the fine. All right. Staley friends. Awesome. Yeah. Go support Simon's art. He's a really cool dude. Uh, Do we move on from Robbie anytime soon, especially because we lost that Hawks week 10 because we had no backup. They should. They shouldn't move on. They should at least be thinking about um, it He's it'll old. be something to keep in mind but like yeah really like the best of the best kickers they always seem to be on like a rotation vinatieri like robbie gould has been in a couple times graham gano will go here or there like uh you know whoever else i can't even think of like dan bailey has gone to a few teams or whatever uh, uh matt prater has gone to a few teams kickers seem to get uh recycled so i you know robbie once they gave Robbie that multi-year deal, I think he settled down. He was really pissing me off while he was like hamstringing him for money, though. That, yeah. That me off. And he would be super disrespectful when they'd ask him about it, too. Do you remember? Like, I don't want to talk about that. I'm not talking about when they'd ask him about Chicago. He seems like kind of a dickhead. I could see honest. it. I could see it. Um, Which sucks because he wears my favorite number. Oh, that's your favorite. Interesting. Okay. Nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they should they should consider it moving in the future. He's getting older. I was thinking the 49ers kickers that they've had, at least the good ones for the last decade, it's like solid kickers on the back end of their career. Uh before Robbie Gold, was it Phil Dawson? I'm trying to think who, who they had. No, it was David Akers. David No, that was that was longer. I thought it was I don't know. Joe Nedney. Joe Nedney was a good. I think they had Nedney to be in. I think it was Dave Akers because he had that. He had that. Um, it was. Oh, I don't shit. I don't know. I thought Akers was with Harbaugh. Akers was with Harbaugh. I don't know. I don't care about kickers. How about that? Fair. Fair point. Fair point. We'll How leave about it at that? that. Moving on. Welcome yeah. to the welcome to the show, Cinnamon. Nice to see you. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Tommy Huxley said, "I would never cheer for that." Russ is a badass quarterback. And, and that's because you're a good person, but we were right. saying a just lot of because, people aren't. There's a yes, lot of scumbags out yes. there and every fan base. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Um, people yeah. will let you down. I love the 2018 season when we went four and 12 and got set, swept by the Rosen two and 14 cards because of guys like Fred Warner, George Kittle breakout and finally beating the Hawks. 
for first Russ game. Yeah, that was a fun season, even with the crappy, yeah. crappy record. Mitchell is getting high marks since Wilson got hurt. His spot will be open until week 10 to 11, I'm hearing. Hasty could stick around for a while, but we could see Mitchell there as well. Here's here's the danger, though, if you're Jeff Wilson Jr., if Mitchell's getting high marks and and Mostert stays healthy and Sermon is a beast and Gallman is, you know, a good third third option or whatever, and then you still have Elijah Mitchell who has the potential to return kicks or do whatever, whatever they need, special teams guy, whatever, all of a sudden Jeff Wilson Jr. is very expendable and maybe they don't even bring him back. It's true. Um, it's just well, what, uh, here's what I expect. Heavy. Here's what I expect. Week 10 or 11 is going to roll around. And if everything's rolling, they're going to IRM for the season and then just bring it back the next yeah. year. Uh, let's see. Melissa said David Akers, Andy Lee. Andy Lee, that, he was a punter, but yeah. Pun- he was punter, here for yeah. forever. Yeah, and he's still around. I think he's in yep. um, Carolina now. Oh, okay. Uh, Akers was the doink 63-yarder in yeah, 2013. Yeah, that's what I remember him. He yeah. hit the, the tying yeah. before it was broken uh, by Matt Prater. It was Dawson before him. It was Acres. So yeah, Dawson was last, and then Acres. Okay, Phil Dawson. Yeah, and he was yeah on the back end of his career. He was with the Browns for forever. So the yeah. 49ers have just been able to get these kickers, and they you know have a nice career again with the 49ers after already having a nice career with another team. Um, you just don't want a guy who's going to egregiously screw up. That's really no. what you want. No, and, and the guy that came in was it uh, McLaughlin Chase McLaughlin. Yeah, he replaced Robbie Gold for that game. He was solid up until that last kick to win it in overtime, dude. So. Yeah, but that that's one of those things, right? Like, it's not that he missed by like a foot. He missed that by like a football field. It was shanked. He kicked that shit into the tunnel. <laughs> it was so shanked. He was like, "No, this all wants to go home. Let's get out of here." <laughs> like, it was so bad. That sucked. Um, I don't see any more questions in the chat. I think we're gonna wrap this show up. Gray Fox no one nine eight. Thank you, thank you very much for the hundred dollars super chat. Yeah, and Hunk Fat as well. Thank you. You guys are great. You support the show. We couldn't do it without you guys tuning in. We really do want to say thank you. Um, and help us get to two thousand subscribers so we can buy another jersey and give it away. We're trying to give it back to you. Help us. We help you scratch our backs. We'll scratch your back. Help us out, guys. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Like. And drop a comment. It feeds the algorithm. It may not seem like a lot, but it actually does help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to be coming at you more and more consistently as we get rolling into the season. You know, it's really hard to, you know, kind of structure shows around no news. Um, we like to come on here and BS with you guys, but you know, life happens. We've been busy. Um, Zach's got a birthday coming up, so happy birthday to Zach! I've got an Thank announcement you. to make that's going to have to wait for a few weeks, uh, and it's been part of why I've been so busy. Um, but I'm really excited to announce that. Um, really excited. It, it's awesome. But uh, we'll get to that in the future. We love having you here as always. Thanks again. Um, we, you know, all our regulars, all our new people, come join us each and every week. Go ahead and click the bell for notifications so you never miss another new video or live stream. And until next time, go Niners.